Being on the eve of uh, our nation's uh, independence, I would hope that you would think that I would bring a message on freedom or um, of the such, and uh, rightfully so. And as I begin to think about um, what exactly God would desire for us to have this morning, um, I begin to question and wonder what the Lord really wanted us as a group of Christ followers to be a part of. And so with that thought in mind about freedom, um, I came across this passage of scripture here in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. And it talks about freedom, but it's freedom in a different way. It is freedom in the sense that this was a group of Christ followers that was encountering some tremendous persecution in their own lives. And Peter here, he writes to them, encouraging them to be free, but at the same time to serve God. Now, you have to think about the persecution that was going on in their lives was tremendous. And uh, we'll, we'll go through some of that, and I'll give you some things uh, from history about that. But to live free, we live in a country that is free, and I thank God for that. I thank God for every soldier that has ever served to secure our freedoms and to keep our freedoms secure. We thank the Lord for that. We thank the Lord that we have the freedom to worship here without the threat of government coming in or without the threat of being jailed or persecuted because we desire to worship Jesus Christ. But I must remember that there are many brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ that do not have that luxury. There are our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world that are suffering tremendously for Jesus. They don't have the luxury to meet into a building. They don't have the luxury to sing songs about Christ and openly worship the Lord because there's fear of being jailed, persecution, um, and even sometimes even death. So we have a tremendous responsibility that God has given us to live as free people uh, where he has planted us. And uh, that's kind of the route that I want to take here this morning, living free and serving God. So when we encounter this text, I think it's naturally that we think about our government that we are to obey our government and we are to submit ourselves to the government. And I think we need to remember that this text transcends time and it transcends even our circumstances. And this was written to a group of Christ followers that were suffering in persecution. So when Peter wrote to these followers of Christ, um, there was a man, his name was Nero, and he was the emperor at the time. And Nero, uh, he was bringing tremendous persecution upon the church. In fact, there was a, a big fire that was going on in Rome, and he actually blamed the Christians for that fire. 
And so what they begin to do is they begin to hunt out the Christians, and Nero took it as sport for these Christians. They would round them up. There was beatings going on. He would take these Christians, and sometimes he would wrap them in animal hides, and he would toss them out to wild beasts for them to tear them to pieces. There was even uh, talks about Nero taking Christians, crucifying them on uh, a cross, and lighting them on fire to decorate his garden for garden lights. That's what was going on. And so when you read here in First Peter about Peter, as he writes to them, encouraging them to live free. Can you imagine how different and difficult that must have been for these Christ followers that had the heavy hand of Rome upon them? And he's saying to them, obey them. Even though they're persecuting me, obey them. Even though they've crucified some of my friends and relatives, obey them. And that is what God calls us to do. He doesn't call us just to passively live a life of, you know, I'm here, I'm going to do this. He calls us to live a higher life. Why? Because Christ lived that higher life when he was here on the earth. So within that in mind, that really sets the context here for what we're going to discover. And I want to give you some helpful things that I think that we can apply these principles not just to... Government in sense, but I think everyday living, uh, whether it be on our job, whether it be in our marriage, wherever it is, we have the opportunity to live free and to serve God. So let's take a look here at this text as what Peter writes here in First Peter chapter two, and uh, beginning in verses uh, thirteen through sixteen. Bible says, "Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution." Whether it be the emperor as supreme, Nero, or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. Did you get that? Be subject to every human institution, whether it be emperor or supreme. Why should we do that? Why? Well, Peter answers that question for us in the previous verses. He says in verse 5 that we are living stones. In verse 5, he says that we are a holy priesthood. In verse 9, he says that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. And in verse 10, we are God's people. And in verse 15, he tells us basically, it is the will of God that we submit ourselves to government. And to allow government, we need to be subject to that government So we show that we are God's people by honoring the emperor. Now remember, these Christians were going through some tremendous persecution here. And Peter makes mention of that suffering throughout the entire book. But I encourage you, as a Christ follower, to read the book of 1 Peter on your own to get a fresh vision of what God desires for your life, how to live in this fallen world. 
Because Christ gives us the prime example of exactly how we are to do that. And we'll see that here in just a little later. So how are we to live free? How are we to do that? How are we to honor the emperor? Now, I know we don't necessarily have an emperor, per se. We have a president. He sometimes thinks he's an emperor, but that's okay. Um, But how are we to subject ourselves to government? I mean, here in uh, Sunday school this morning, um, Jeff was talking about slaves obeying your masters and we kind of got into a lively uh, discussion about well what about in certain things if there is somebody that's asking you to do something that goes contrary to God's word what would you do so how are we to subject ourselves to government how are we supposed to do that well I want to give you some practical things that I think that could help you with that. You know, if we can recall Paul's words in giving direction for us to give thanks for kings and authorities and power, he says we are to pray for them. But here in this text, Peter just doesn't give us good policy, but he tells us it is the very will of God for us to subject ourselves to government. For this is the will of God that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. So here are the ways that we are to accomplish this. Let's take a look here. Number one, to live free. Live free. The Bible tells us, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Other translations tell us, it says, using it as a cloak, a covering, something that you're using to try to disguise evil. You know, we have the greatest opportunity, if you are a Christ follower, to live free. We have been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. He has broken every sin. The power of sin, the Bible tells us, should not have ruling dominion over you. Only if we allow it. And we are to live free. We are not to be living held captive anymore. We have been set free from that. I think so many times as Christ followers, we get into a habit that eventually leads us back into the dungeon cell, and we willingly put on shackles. We willingly close the prison door by ourselves. And we're like, how did we get in here? What, where, what, where did all this come from? And Jesus says, you've been set free. Why do, you, why do you have all that stuff on? Why do you have those chains on anymore? Why are you still in that prison cell? We have been set free. Now, according to this text here, it's evident that possibly there were Christians that were looking at this spectrum of suffering and they were going, hmm, he did what to me? Well, we're going to get even. And they were using their freedom in Christ to bring reproach or they were using that freedom to attack government. And that's why Peter says, don't use your freedom to attack He says, you're just supposed to live free. Why? Because you will silence the ignorance of foolish men. You know, we got a lot of stuff going on in our country today. A lot of stuff. A lot of garbage, really. You know, America is not the America that you remember 50 years ago or 20 years ago. America is not the America that I remember 
when I was a kid. It has changed and is changing rapidly. But what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to live free. We are to subject ourselves to the government. Now you say, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that we should? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that when our religious liberty in Christ is threatened, you know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to do exactly what the apostles did. Remember when they were in the city and they were preaching Christ and the government said, you don't teach in that name. Don't teach in the name of Jesus. They beat them and they commanded them not to teach in the name of Jesus. What did they say? They said, we ought to rather obey God than man. Yes, they had the... uh, consequences of preaching in the name of Jesus, but they lived free. How are we to live free in this world? How? Obey them that have the rule over you. We need to subject ourselves to those. That means pay your taxes. That means put in an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. We need to live free, live as Christ serving God. Live free, the Bible tells us here. So we need to live free, live as people who are free. We have been set free. You know, may we never lose our footing in Christ. I would hope that this church here... If things were to change in America and they said that we had to do certain things or to perform certain actions, I would hope that we as a group of Christ followers would say together, no, we are going to obey God rather than man. Everything that is written in here, this is our manual. This is what we go by. We don't go by what somebody thinks is good today We go by God's word. And we need to live free and allow God's word to be our guide for that. So secondly, not only to live free, but I like this. He says that we need to honor everyone. In verse 17, he says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Now, this includes all men, to honor all men. Those whom we think that don't deserve honor. Those whom we think that are probably the meanest person that we ever did meet. We are to honor them, the Bible tells us. Why? Because they are created in the image of God. And so therefore, when I treat somebody with disdain or I treat somebody with disgust... That's not honoring God. I'm not honoring that person. Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to what? Love God and love your neighbor, love others. He says by this, he says, all the commandments, all the commandments and the prophets hang on these two things. So we are to honor all men. Now notice what he says in the text there. He says, honor the emperor. Nero, this guy, I am supposed to honor him? Yes. Why? So that we may put to shame the ignorance of foolish men. We may stop that. To honor. You know what that word honor means? 
It means to prize, to cherish, to value. So here's a good question for me as a Christ follower. Do I honor all people? Now we all have Facebook status and everything and we, we all put on a good front of things of, oh boy, that's so great, oh how much I love you, blah, 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 blah. But do we honor people? If I were to ask myself and say, Mike, do you honor people? Do you honor all people, even those who have mistreated you? Even those who have maligned you? Even those who have spoken evil against you? Do you honor them? Do you cherish and value their worth? That puts us in a very difficult position. Because many times I would have to say, no, I don't. Because we all have the victim mentality of, well, he did that to me, just you wait to what I'm going to do to him. And Peter says you need to honor all people, to value them, to put a high value upon them, to treasure them, because they are precious. So we need to honor them. Let's look at a third thing here of what we are supposed to do. So we are to honor them, and then he tells us this. And this is, this is where I really wanted to hone in on, because this just kind of flows directly from that second point of honoring somebody. He tells us here in verses 21 through 25 that we are to imitate Christ as a servant. In verse 21 through 24, he says, For to this you have been called. To what? Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. You know, who better to show us how to honor and obey all men than Jesus Christ himself? The Bible says here that he gave us an example for us. And he is called, remember, these Christians are going through tremendous persecution. And Peter says, for this is what you have been called to. Wait a minute, I have been called to suffer? I seem to remember there were some words that Jesus said. He said, if... The world hates me. They are going to be in so much love with you. No, wait. What did he say? If the world hates me, they're going to hate you. And so we, as followers of Christ, have been called to suffering. That's not pleasant. But the Bible here tells us that he gave us an example it says, leaving you in an example. Jonas, let me borrow you real quick here. What size shoe do you wear? Uh, 12. 12, okay, so that's bigger than mine. Good, okay. So, <laughs> let's just say Jonas here is going to walk a path for me. And Jonas, as he walks, I need to follow in his steps, following his Example. So go ahead and walk for me, Jonas. Wherever Jonas is going, I need to follow his example. Whatever Jonas is doing, I need to follow that exactly. Thank you, Jonas. 
in suffering. I need to follow Christ's example in suffering. That's difficult. Because we all have our feelings, we all have our pride. And when our pride gets crushed, oh man, that's just like putting a dagger right in our heart. But he says we are called to suffer. I don't know how long we're going to have freedom here in this country. And I'm not one of those uh, gloom and doom type guys. I thank the Lord for what we have and what we have now. And we need to use that freedom as much as we can to reach people with Christ. But we are called to suffer. And this is a good test. If you are not suffering, chances are you're not really following Christ. You're not really walking the way that he would walk. You're not walking in his steps. Notice what the text says here. It says, He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. What a great example for us to follow. Here's these Christians living in Rome. They are being persecuted. Some of them, I'm sure, were like, Let's just go sabotage one of those armies, those Roman armies. Peter's like, nope. He says, we need to follow Christ's example in suffering. He says, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And I like the last verse of that, of that portion of scripture. Here's these Christians and God used persecution tremendously in the early church because it fanned the flame of Jesus Christ all over the world. I mean they were spread out preaching God's word. And he says, you have been returned to the bishop of your souls. Here's Christ, the chief shepherd, and he's bringing you back together. And in our suffering, Christ desires to use us. Think about what this congregation has just gone through in the past week. Suffering. God has desired to use that for his glory. So that's difficult. Yes, it is. But God desires to use it. Sometimes we have such an attitude of woe is me and oh man, my life is just so miserable and everything. Think about Jesus on the cross. He had no sin, there was no deceit, he was reviled, he suffered. And he bore our sins on the body on his tree. That's pretty bad. When compared to my life, I don't have it so bad. Christ suffered for me and I need to follow in his steps. So what about you? What about me? Are we living as free people in this world? When suffering comes in our life, are we going to push it away or gladly embrace it?
because that's what Jesus would want us to do. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you so much for the opportunity that we have as Christ followers. And God, you have called us to suffering. And Lord, I don't even know how I could bring myself to that. I, to be honest with you, Lord, I, I sometimes don't want suffering. I don't want it in my life. I, I don't want to know that I'm going to be hurt or I'm going to be misrepresented. God, may you just strengthen us to receive suffering. May you strengthen us to be your witnesses in the midst of suffering. And God, I pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are around the world, those that are in North Korea, Father, that, that don't even are not even allowed to have your word. God, may you ease their, their suffering, help them to go through it and, and help them to become more like you through it. God, may you be with those that are even imprisoned right now and for their faith in Christ or for preaching Jesus. And God, may you help them and strengthen them. Help us to never forget that we live in a free country and we've been blessed by you. But help us not to take it for granted and help us to use the freedom that we have to reach others with the gospel. Thank you so much for your love for us. We ask this in your name. Amen.